0: This is UNS Talks, a podcast from the architecture and design firm UN Studio. My name is Wael Batal, and I work as an architect here at UN Studio's Amsterdam office. Last year, I joined Benven Berkel, the founder and principal architect of UN Studio, and Filippo Lodi, our head of UNS Knowledge, to write a paper entitled Responsive Technologies of Social Health. We presented this paper at the Media Architecture Biennale at the end of last year in Beijing. To give an overview, the study looked at the fourth industrial revolution and what it might mean for the built environment, and ultimately how it will have an impact on social health. Within this context, the article delved into topics relating to technology, media, media and architecture, interactive and responsive design, efficiency within smart cities, what that might mean, smart cities versus responsive cities, deep planning, and design models. As part of our ongoing knowledge sharing series on architecture and health, we decided to come together and record a podcast to discuss the contents of the article, touching informally on each of these different themes individually. Enjoy.
1: So there was a big question through the media architecture biennale of what is actually media architecture. Mm-hmm. And that is because so there has been a past in which the media has been considered literally light. So then it's something that reflects in a facade of a building. So yeah. There's been a long talk about media facades. And I think we had it in the past a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, but today media actually is almost like data. So then yeah. there is a, a switch where somehow the interaction designers and the app makers are making media architecture, and then it destabilizes the whole um, uh, tower of light. Uh, into into data so Mm. much more because that creates a new sort of interaction so the and the whole idea of responsiveness interaction and the social component of that that's what was the big topic and then in within that I think our question Mm -hmm. was like so what is our role and what do we as designers what do we what should what is our role again so, yeah. are we coordinating the the the, the data the or data or, or how do we how do we deal with that and what are then the yeah how, we need to reevaluate what we do so what is our job as architects mm-hmm. if we have these new uh, tools and mm-hmm. how do we use that yeah. Um, yeah
0: from from my perspective on like the overall uh, aspect of technology the way that we define technology in general. Um, like Heidegger talked about the the tool, uh, Mm. and essentially um, that we cease to understand what a tool is, uh, Mm. we actually wrote it in the paper, but uh, we cease to understand what a tool is once we understand it, once Mm. we um, grasp its function, so that it has a fixed function. So um, in a way, technology isn't just, uh, technology isn't just like a window or a door, it's something that we actually are constantly striving to understand. So, um, there's an aspect of it where um, we should be unfamiliar and the more we're comfortable being uncomfortable with technology, the better off the relationship between society and technology is, right? Like, so, if we are comfortable with new technology, if we understand that, um, you know, let's say we have a new app that comes in and that is something that, oh, okay, that becomes accepted into our daily lives, then I think it's no longer technology, it becomes a tool technology is something that by nature we um, are uncomfortable with like Frankenstein Frankenstein initially um, was intended like the, in the story it was intended to be um, uh, something that's good for humanity but I think it was people misinterpreted it or something mm. so I, I mean one of the angles that we wrote in the, in the paper was on that notion that technology is something that we are constantly trying to be to critically evaluate yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: No, that's true. It's true that uh, that 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 also technology is um, yeah, that that yeah, that technology can change whenever it is becoming used a bit more and when it uh, become becomes a part of our daily life. Like for instance, when the uh, the fir- first elevators uh, were introduced, yeah. of course that generated a huge hype about how dangerous that was and it made you ill. And you know, you, you, they were going too fast. But it created an, an incredible amount of uh, uh, new changes in the uh, in in the built environment. You know, yeah. and suddenly we were able to um, live much closer towards each other. With, with maybe some of the disadvantages of that, but but also with some of the advantages who, who went hand in hand together with the technology, mm-hmm. and the same is to be said about the train. Uh, yeah. with, uh, about every industrial revolution, we had uh, you know quite quite radical technological uh, uh, revolutions uh, coming over us. So so. Yeah, I I do think that 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 like the elevator, that was a revolution. What happens now to data, is also quite right. an important yeah. revolution yeah. to the change Absolute. of how we live yeah. today, and it will generate an enormous amount of discussion. Yeah,
3: I know when Marina Hyde was here um, from the VNA she was discussing uh, yeah this topic, and she was saying, you know, the invention of the ship is also the invention of the shipwreck. You know, I mean, it's like as soon as one, yeah. I mean, you, you can't foretell that this will happen, but I mean. No. I suppose it's just about understanding what the what the repercussions will be. How do we think that um this this will ultimately uh, benefit users? You mentioned about um uh, I'm, I'm I'm still intrigued about the, the future article that you're going to write about play and yeah. uh, and how that maybe is that loggerheads with efficiency. Like, do you think that efficiency and health are at odds with one another? Are they uh, somehow need to be balanced out? I'm interested in that kind of dynamic yeah yeah but efficiency is a
2: difficult word eh? because it's dealing with the rationale of how more quicker we can do things and how much more uh, advanced we can do things and i I think that this where where architects uh, somehow need to take a form of leadership, I mean not in a, in a classical form of leadership, but more in a modern way of how to deal with guiding um, city planners, politicians, um, people who are interested in mobility, to to help them to understand what their real problems are if they're connected to a particular city where certain things don't operate. So health, I I, I always had a similar problem like maybe you have, Mm. as when we isolate health as health, where we are dealing with every day in our... Um, um, in society, when it comes down to, you know, maybe exercising a bit more or you know taking more vitamin pills, I mean that is another form of health. than let's say making a city or in a built environment healthy. I, I, I think I wish you know, I wish I had another word for health in that sense. But but I do think that the word uh, learning and play is a good one. And and uh, how we can. Uh, over the time when we learn that we can maybe become a bit uh, more healthier in the way how we communicate with each other if we have learned
1: to communicate better with each other, for instance. So, I, we yeah. looked into the the determinants of, of health in terms of like, what is that it? it's causing stress and social connectedness at, at kind of urban scale. Because we were thinking, well, not necessarily the kind of efficient city or the smart city, is actually equal to the healthy city so mm-hmm. and we found out that the two main determinants are one is individual behavior and the other one is the social circumstances so none of them are really translatable with an efficiency number because mm-hmm. it's all about how we are behaving mm-hmm. and how our social interactions is and those are not necessarily engine designed by engineering they actually much more accustomed by design itself yeah. so and that's where really I think we can yeah. play a really strong role in creating those guidelines yeah. uh, because that's really a necessity, it's, even the, the, the medical research tells us that. Yeah, so okay. it, it's so evident there, yeah. but we so easily forget it to yeah. go back to that kind of uh, numerical uh, efficiency, light, uh, street sizes where we forget the behavioral aspects into yeah. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we were looking um, into World Health Organization, how they define health. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And this uh, diagram was an interpretation of their uh, research. Um, which comes from a, a research group called Go Info. Yeah. And one thing that was striking is that only 11% of it comes from medical care. So like hospitals, mm-hmm. healthcare uh, in general, um, that only takes up 11% of their definition of what right. health is. Yeah. So it has so many other layers. And uh, that's something we, we tried to focus in on a few of those, the ones that you mentioned, right, which is like stress, uh, social connectivity, And um, then in the paper we were talking about uh, reset, how it ties into that, Mm -hmm. and then how Arnhem uh, reinforces social connectivity.
1: And if we need to create strategies for that, then when we mention also what Ben, you just mentioned about learning and playing, Mm -hmm. if we, so learning and playing are strategies for social interactivity and uh, for behavior. Uh, so if we create design strategy for playing and for learning, then we actually create strategy for health. Uh, Yes. yes. And yes. Uh, and yes. that's what that's what we can actually, uh, c- that's where we can create the biggest impact, based on that. I don't get
2: it. In a way, um you, you know you have to be careful that we don't become too. Uh, how do you say to better critical, uh, on the level of uh, you know planning and architecture? <laughs> we should we, we should not really um, be uh, you know we uh, I mean it's also up to others to fill the architecture in sure, sure. and and that we that we uh, of course give also a form of flexibility for all these uh, ways of how social interaction and and better. Um, evolution can um, and appear in the way how certain parts of the city can further develop because that is the difficulty where do you take leadership and not you know yeah, where right, do you let right. it go and, and others take it over because, because you know in a neighbourhood you can never can predict what, what, what exactly is going to happen with the neighbours and the kids or if there will be enough kids to you know play with each other and the playground will be active enough and that Mm -hmm. families will meet and that they will you know hopefully um, start to become friends and cook for Mm -hmm. each other etc all these things are are also part of the prediction of what the beauty is of a city you know that it is having its kind of um, yeah life on its own, luckily enough as well, but, but you can set out particular um, principles mm-hmm. for the way how these things could start to operate with each other within the city, you know, like, like, like a playground for mm-hmm. instance. A playground is a very good um, uh, an, an, an activator in the network of the city where people meet, um, um, yeah, yeah. So, so what they call an activator in the network. Related to the other points in the network, where you can start to hopefully generate a scaling up effect Mm. of a neighbourhood, what can be become a little bit more uh, uh, livelier. I mean, this. I mean, um, this is interesting that you that you say health is not only related to um, the argument of you know healthcare or um, health in, in in in. in the medical uh, definition alone, yeah. but it is particularly interested here when it comes down to 36% of t- uh, individual behavior or 24% of social circumstances or 22% to to bio- biology. And that's, of course, I mean, we, yeah. for that reason, I often say be careful yeah. what we say about health. Yeah. You know, you don't want to give a moral judgment about mm-hmm. the way how health is guided and uh, being stipulated towards some kind of particular image of what health should be because that's what healthy. we shouldn't yeah. do you know we shouldn't say well this if you do this then you're healthy right.
0: yeah. you know, if it's you safe. if
2: you if you do your 15,000 steps every day then probably you will be never having yeah. uh, this or that problem anymore right. in life you know yeah. I mean mm-hmm. that's what is now the, our society saying about health yeah. Yeah. so so it's very important to really redefine really very carefully what what we think as architects we could do in order to make proper and, and hopefully healthier, in brackets, healthier uh, environments. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's a sensitive topic in that sense. Mm-hmm. It has a, a long tradition within architecture. So one thing we um, also indicated uh, is Haussmann and Le Corbusier. Yeah. So when we talk about Haussmann, somebody who like carved uh, boulevards into Paris mm-hmm. to uh, encourage health and to encourage hygiene, um, and Cabousier who put a sink literally in front of um, the front doorway yeah. of Ville Savoie to sort of monumentalize the idea of hygiene, and to say that you have to basically walk in, wash your hands, and then come through, even though that sink wasn't actually working. You know, it's so like what you said it was really interesting about the image of health, that we yeah. try to okay. fix the image of health is something that we wouldn't want to do No. So something that is uh, evolving constantly, and that's the thing that uh, uh, sensory technology can help us to achieve. Yeah. So not um, a top-down structure of, this is my my ideal, mm-hmm. of what uh, a healthy ideal yes. person should be, yeah. um, but that people can discover that and participate in defining that themselves.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the, to participate is a very important one. I think the word participation mm-hmm is maybe one of the most important aspects to, to deal with when we talk about these new technologies, right. you know, from yeah. sensor design towards the way how we deal with data, mm-hmm. you know, if you uh, include people, if yeah. you if we talk with them beforehand, do you right. know what you're getting? But we have to uh, make sure that, we, that people participate, that they're yeah. p- part of the discussion of what they can expect and, I, you know, I think that's the, that's the hardest thing where we probably have, have to deal with in the future of architecture and design mm-hmm. is that we have to talk much more to people than ever before. And we, we, we always thought that that was actually not done,
3: you know, in the, in the, in the
2: <laughs> no. 90s and the 2000s, because then you were dealing with what they call in Dutch inspraak. But Spark, How do you translate that? Um, Spark is like, uh, yeah, uh, kind of that everyone is having a say about a color, in design, oh, like or something a other Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a very
1: dem- democratic approach yeah, to, uh-huh. to design. Yeah, so yeah, Everybody's an opinion. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But but that's not where where we where you know that's not
0: it's not about that. Mm-hmm. One thing that we're um, tying into with the media architecture alliance to try to understand what media means, so not just media facades but media in the context of architecture um, and we looked at Marshall McLuhan who wrote about hot and cool media um, and he defined them as very monolithic like the television is one thing and then the telephone is another. Um, so for example, you know, we have the hot hot media which basically is uh, very low participation, high resolution, high definition and low room for interpretation. So, books, like text is one thing, cameras, film is very uh, hot media. And then you have cool media, which is like a telephone, you need to have somebody on the other side of the telephone to complete yeah. the system. So yeah, it, yeah. you have to have high level of participation. Uh, television and also cartoons are things that leave room for your interpretation. So that's very cool. But today, because a lot of uh, technologies that we have, are integrating all of those things together you don't have the monolithic definition anymore of hot and cool they're starting to blur together yeah so we wonder if uh medium specificity like the medium of hot or cool is um working anymore.
2: maybe not no no maybe maybe we can translate it to 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 in a way to what we could say about um the analog, you know, and, and, and maybe the world of data and information and media, you know. Maybe maybe on the one hand, we have, uh, look, take it, Ireland, for instance, mm-hmm. what the argument of Ireland was in the end is to make uh, the, 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 the architecture almost as explicit and outspoken, as bold and as participatory mm-hmm. as as uh, let's say the media we dealt with in the beginning of uh, looking at all this data of where people came from and how they uh, had to uh, feel safe and that was transparency as much as transparency in the station and that we even started to argue that we should not design anymore a station but that we should go for a transfer location mm-hmm. and, and that, that, uh, for that reason suddenly the whole typology of the station disappeared into mm-hmm. a much more, uh, to another type of building. But, but I, I, I sometimes think that that would be nice to to, to to set up in the discussion a bit more that what we can do with media on the one hand is, the, you know, I call it always the softer side of architecture. It's the more the kind of communicative, faster, you know the 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 yeah the, the, the immediate uh, aspect of uh, architecture and whereas, where, whereas architecture itself is becoming with that in, uh, media information can become much fuller and richer mm-hmm. you know if we if we use it well you know so that uh, so if if you entwined the analog with the data oriented uh, aspect of architecture then maybe the two can support each other and with that we can expand the architecture to another level. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's what I hope. Yeah. You know, that architecture becomes much more powerful in its communication. Right. You know, because it it didn't used to communicate. Yeah, it used to communicate a bit Sometimes in the history of architecture, yeah. you know, or religion, and you know, it's linked to God and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and you know, nature or the gods of nature, you know, like in the Az- Aztec architecture or whatever. But and then later on, you know, maybe or or society and, and uh, dictatorships, maybe mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Uh, but 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 maybe today architecture can enrich itself on the cultural level, you know, on the cultural level like that. That that architecture, in a way, is, um, you know, why could it not be art? Why could architecture not be art, for instance, you know? Or why could it not be, uh, you know, much more, having much more meaning and richness than we give it right now? You yeah. know, I'm always surprised why an art object gets so much attention, whereas in a building, you know, it's just a place where we live in. But we can give it much more, I yeah. think. Absolutely. Uh,
0: I think that uh, when you mentioned that, like uh, how architecture can reflect dictatorships or you know power structures and things, um, I just thought of stairways in Rome. You know when you see like a monumental stair and it reflects a clear power structure. Yeah. And then the next evolution in maybe reflecting like the shattering of that would be showing the stairs kind of like in the Maxi, for example. They split the stairs up everywhere. Um, to kind of link into that conversation but then how can maybe media or how can data also tap into that conversation as well yeah but maybe in a software. way yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah that's a different that's uh, we are in the middle of that yeah but, but, but definitely I'm, I'm sure that we will have uh, in the future an architecture what will definitely also communicate also through you know walls and, and mm. you know and, and and floors and, and that you don't need wayfinding in the future I'm sure you yeah. know that you just have to follow your own dot right, mm. whatever you know, <laughs>
1: I'm sure these things will happen you know. anyway yeah. it's, uh, some uh, some kind of a form of new materiality and and that right if we use a lot of kind of the, the literal translation of the glass architecture for transparency so where all the banks became transparent mm-hmm. out of the yeah. kind of solid wall to to have glass to showcase their uh social political thinking and then maybe data will also be used in the same way to show the kind of value that we all stand for so otherwise it it Mm will be more evident
0: yeah because also um the city could let's say as it started to plan for efficiency for um, the best operation uh, you know it can take like a sort of positivist um, Let's say technology will sort of be at the forefront. Technology will help us be the decision maker. But there's things that maybe, um, like play, can start to uh, excite or activate that mm-hmm. is unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, one of the big reasons why we're also very interested in the playgrounds because like Aldo Fanai who was sort of going against the functional city plan he went and found the areas that the city wasn't planning, <laughs> and inserted seven hundred playgrounds. So, I think those are a very interesting sites um, to create new ideas to relax the grid,
3: almost yeah, just. To just relax to, the yeah, 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 mm-hmm.
0: and um, you know also to to relax the grid, but also to encourage social interaction between people that's unplanned.
2: Yeah, and stimulate innovation and creativity because, you know, if you have no creativity in the city, if you have not enough mm-hmm. green spaces or, you know, it's not a playground but also a park yeah. uh-huh. or a green space or, you know, I mean, all the relaxed parts of the city mm-hmm. where where things just happen, I think are, is super important because I, otherwise, yeah, you get too much regulated yeah. and that's maybe maybe the, the danger of what I said. Uh, of what happened before in architecture, and we discussed it also, is that um, yeah, we we can't stand anymore in the front line and say, well, this is going to be the city's right. master plan, you just have to build it and I'm sure everyone will be happy and uh, healthy. You know, this is not how it's going to work mm-hmm. anymore.
3: Do we think, I mean, apart from, we, we, we talked about the, in the article, the reset pod, the A10 and uh, Arnhem. Yeah. and as well kind of a Penn station yeah uh apart from those examples from our own work can you think of any other examples that you think relate to responsive uh, that you see like technology and social health uh, that are beyond UN studio i mean we had a quite quite some um interesting example at the
1: media architecture biennale, where other mm-hmm. uh interesting people came and shared their their work and uh, we saw some very fascinating work from some some of the U K, um, uh, designers that work on kind of c- cities and at the connection between inter design and cities, and those are really fascinating. So there's a, a couple of studios, the one from Jason Bruch and from uh, uh, Osman Osmanag. Yeah, yeah. These, they were really nice works, and we often use it actually as a reference. From it's it's a it goes, it works in the same line as we were, but they're not, they're not architects, they are more media designers. Mm. So but they are, they were before designing more um, media in a traditional sense. But now they are moving into the space and the cities where we are also a move. So there is a overlap, we're overlapping now that we've before we were not overlapping. And I think that's mm. the kind of also, interesting message of that kind of media architecture, ally That there is a new definition that is rechanging and bringing multiple disciplines from other direction our way, and we go in their direction, and it slowly there is a um, yeah a strange a strange synergies that are coming yeah. up and forming up that we were not expect that I was
0: not expecting. Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, 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 there was um, a lot of different interpretations of what media means. There were some people that were showing uh, media screens, media facades applied a- across the city to create like an image or a, a moving skyline. There's was also uh, Osman Haq who was looking into how he made a website. I can't remember the name of the website now, but he made a website where people can go to any city and look up uh, any data on like weather quality or yeah. um, uh, air quality, I mean. Uh, things like that, that they can use that data for their own, for their own uh, applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting as a uh, platform to share different
3: definitions of media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I know from my own perspective, just from social media, I know there's a group in London called Techia yeah, who do social or a, a sentiment analysis, basically, to see how people are expressing themselves on different social media yeah. channels across an urban scale. And I think that's um, I did, they do an example from Twitter in London, and you can see, okay, this borough is feeling a little bit like this today, or as opposed mm-hmm. to that. But then I think Twitter is a kind of a terrible example <laughs> because it's also like everyone is negative on Twitter anyway. So yeah. it's always <laughs> going to be like a negative place, you know, a negative kind of an analysis. No,
2: but that's what I also now say about you know what what can go out of control and, uh, you know you know that also on Twitter you know that things can go out of control uh, and go can go virus you know when 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 we deal with uh, these aspects of uh, media I find it really important that we talk also about uh, yeah the advantages like you know I I like it what you said about what what. Uh, up to date for information you can get about the city and what the air quality is there and you know, where, where and how you need to be, in, 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 uh, or what is the most advanced uh, place to, to grow up today, I think people will look at that in the future, where do we want to live in the future? You don't want to live, you know, in Amsterdam alone, because it is such a socially uh, well-connected city alone. Hopefully, it's also having good air and, and uh, you know, yeah. whatever yeah. other positive topics. Uh, so, so um, yeah, but if, it are, if, there are, if you have no information about the city in the future, then, you know, then you will be not on the map,
0: right.
2: yeah, yeah, you know, that is, that's going to be interesting to, to think about what, what is it, what things will do in the future with these new forms of media led to uh, the right information you'll get.
3: Of course, I mean, if, if, if cities are competing with each other in terms of attracting talent in order to, you know, survive in this, uh, uh, you know, uh, businesses coming to cities in order to set up there, which will, of course, like, I mean, they're going to be looking at well-being, ultimately, I think. Yeah. So, of course, data will play a role within that analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so we also saw a very interesting set of
1: examples of how they use media architecture in, in, the, in the Chinese landscape because the Biennale was taking place in in Beijing Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of kind of influence from, and the massive kind of race for competition that Chinese cities have because they really need to compete on a local scale but on a global scale and there's so many big cities that they really need to do uh, magic to be on the spot and they are there are enormous cities totally unknown so they need to create new devices new spaces and that kind of um, that competition is very high because it's about attracting the right talent, attracting mm. the right image, attracting the right... So, and they compete uh, today more than ever uh, at, at a global scale as everybody, every city in the world has the same uh, possibility to compete as the democracy of the World Wide Web offers everybody access to, to the rest of the competition. So it's mm. not just the businesses that are there, but also the media that portrays the city in a different way. So it's a yeah. very strong uh, device for all these cities to come out. Yeah, yeah
3: it mm.
0: seemed like there was a, a tendency um, for a lot of those cities to basically take like many, many of their buildings, let's say they're along a the waterfront and would use that whole thing as a media screen. Yeah. Um, so there'd be very, very large images or uh, new skylines that are like television screens in a way that would um, portray a, a new image of the city. But a lot of cities were, were doing that, right. so, so it seemed like it was a, a similar image, but I don't know. Beyond, yeah. beyond competition, <laughs> beyond competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all for this edition of UNS Talks. If you're curious to read the full article, Responsive Technologies of Social Health, this published in the Media Architecture Biennale 18 Proceedings of the ACM Journal. Otherwise, you can also read the article as a series of short blogged pieces on the UN Studio website. Links to those posts are included in the podcast description. To sign off, keep an eye out for our next published article that will look into the concept of play within the context of smart cities, soon to be published by Elsevier. In the meantime, Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, or your preferred podcast provider. Until next time.